0: every team, every topic, everywhere this is believe. All right, welcome back everyone to the Lay the Points podcast. I am your host, Kendall Caps, alongside my co-host here, Jordan Charro. Jordan Another week of preseason in the books, another week closer to getting to when the games actually count?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, tuning in to uh, week two of the preseason, it was, uh, you know, usually um, since there's three now, um, the second game is usually kind of more the starters play and and then the third game, everyone kind of sits out. So we got to see uh, a little more of um, what these teams might look like, at least like, you know, a quarter or maybe even a half that they played. So, uh, yeah, man, like I'm just ready for the season to start like week three. I mean like the third week of the preseason, it's just kind of like whatever. So, um, I'm just ready to get this rolling. So, but there's a lot to break down.
0: There is. And like, normally I don't pay a ton of attention to preseason. I don't put very much stock in it. Uh, but I've been doing a ton of research for my five fantasy football leagues that I'm in, which my wife, she's thrilled about that, let me tell you. Um, but because of that, and needing to do as much research, I've actually been following quite intently. And there's definitely been you know, some interesting news and notes that have come out so far during the preseason. And maybe one of the biggest uh, talking points so far has been the quarterback battle in Pittsburgh with Mitchell Trubisky and, and the rookie Kenny Pickett going at it. And Pickett has looked outstanding. And there's been a lot of pressure now, put on coach Tomlin you know how long can you really hold Pickett back I think a lot of people expect Trubisky to get the start uh when the season rolls around in a couple weeks but with how good Pickett has looked so far in the preseason you have to wonder you know is it time we've seen it from so many other teams where you just you got to get them some experience and see what they really have so I'm curious what are your thoughts on that?
1: does a rookie give you the best chance to win? And Mike Tomlin, he's a, he's an old school coach, you know, I mean, he's still going to run the football a lot with Najee Harris, try to control the clock and, and not put too much pressure on whoever's quarterbacking. But I just think how coaches are in the NFL, they're paid to to try to win as many games as possible. Uh, Pickett might be the more exciting could possibly get you, um, a lot of excitement back in Pittsburgh early in the season, but I think he's going to roll with Trubisky. I think he's going to roll with the guy who's done it before. Uh, Trubisky didn't play great in Chicago, but he's seen a lot of defenses. He just has a better feel right now. And um, I'm sure Mike Tomlin is a lot more comfortable with a guy who's actually done it, but I would not be surprised if Trubisky struggles uh, early that um, we might see um, Kenny Pickett maybe by week six Um, but yeah, like he's played really well in the preseason so far. And, but you know, like, again, he's not going against, uh, number one defenses yet. So, but for him to be out there and to be playing well is a very good sign. Yeah. It's
0: encouraging for Steelers fans, I'm sure. And to your point, not only does Trubisky have obviously NFL experience, he's been in the league for five years, he's got 50 starts under his belt, but One thing that I think will make a big difference for him and the Steelers, assuming he starts the season, is he's accustomed to playing behind really poor offensive lines. Chicago's offensive line was a mess the entire time he was there. In Pittsburgh, four years, they have not drafted an offensive lineman in the first two rounds of the draft in over a decade. That is pretty astounding. Clearly, Pittsburgh, you know, they're amazing at drafting and developing talent on the outsides and the skill position players, but they have just neglected their offensive line. I'm sure Najee Harris is kind of like, um, can I get a little help here? Uh, so I would think that Trubisky makes a little bit more sense. He's mobile. He can make plays from outside the pocket. So I, I agree. I think Trubisky is the logical choice early on, but at the end of the day, we all know that this is going to be, are going to be Pickett's team. So it's just a matter of time when they're going to pull pull that trigger. Uh, but speaking of quarterbacks, so the Panthers, they finally named their starter, officially naming Baker Mayfield their starter out there. I mean, I think it, we all kind of figured that was going to be the case, but how interesting is it that he joined the team with Sam Darnold? You know, those two went one, two among quarterbacks in that draft with Baker going first to Cleveland. And a lot of people thought they made a mistake at the time. It obviously didn't work out well for Cleveland, but Sam Darnold clearly has not worked out well anywhere he's been so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Baker should be an upgrade to that offense. DJ Moore might finally have a, a competent thrower that can get him, get him the football. Um, but I thought that was, you know, it was good for them to at least establish it. You don't have to worry as the regular season closes in. Baker knows it's his team and the team can kind of rally around that.
1: Yeah, I you know when when the Panthers traded for Baker Mayfield, <clears throat> excuse me, I I was wasn't surprised when they named him the starter. I, I just thought he would be able to beat out Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold he had a lot of chances last year and he just couldn't get the job done. I don't think Matt Rule really believes much in Sam Darnold, even though in all his pressers he says he does. So you don't make a a trade for something like Baker Mayfield, if you really don't have faith and you don't want to like blow another season with Sam Darnold. So for him to go in with the short time that Baker had, it doesn't surprise me that he had, you know, basically like a couple weeks and a couple preseason games to win the job. So, you know, like as far as the Panthers go, like I think Baker will make them, you know, like an average team. Um, I think they need a lot of work on their team. So I think they'll at least be competitive compared to last year. Yeah. So, um, you know, Baker will go in and he'll have some really good games and then he'll have some stinkers and that's just kind of how he's been, you know, because, you know, Cleveland, he had a, they have a great offensive line when he was there and Nick Chubb was just like, they had a great running back and they had some receivers there. Yeah, They had
0: everything you needed just about.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I think he's going to a team, you know, he's, he's getting Christian McCaffrey and, you know, I love Christian McCaffrey, but you know, he gets banged up, you know, like the last couple of years, he gets dinged up a lot. So, you know, but they do have DJ Moore and then, uh, who's the, help me out with the other wide receiver. Robbie Anderson, but I I wouldn't expect much
0: from him, especially after he called out Baker before they traded for him.
1: Right. So, you know, I, I don't have really high expectations on the Panthers, but I definitely, think he'll make them somewhat competitive but um, yeah. yeah like yeah it didn't surprise me that he got named
0: the starter another interesting quarterback battle is playing out in seattle and apparently pete carroll is reportedly toying with the idea of playing both geno smith and drew Locke in week one i feel like we've seen coaches occasionally try to do something like this i can't think of a time where it worked uh and you know pete well, Carroll's yeah. a defensive guy who maybe he's just grasping at straws at this point
1: it doesn't work. Don't buy into this. This is ridiculous. Like, as a 49er fan, Especially I heard, with his two
0: quarterbacks that are not very good, particularly. Right, right. Yeah, you said a quarterback
1: battle, and I was like, is it a battle? Is it? <laughs> I um, mean, it's
0: still a battle if they're two right. equally subpar sure. quarterbacks.
1: Of course. You know, like, but I've heard this before. Like, as a 49er fan, Jim Harbaugh thought, oh, you know, like, we're going to play Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick together. And then I heard, oh, we're going to play Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo together. They're going to, like, take, you know, t- you know, t- um, take a series off. I'm like, stop it. Like yeah. you can't find a rhythm as a quarterback like that. You know, yeah. like sure. If you want to do a, a, a trick play or whatever, fine, but you cannot run with two quarterbacks. You're going to confuse your offensive line. The, the, like you're going to confuse everybody and it's just not yeah. going to work. Yeah. So it's um,
0: hilarious to see that happening though. Cause I think, you know, we talked about it when we talked about the Seahawks over under last week. And, I don't think either one of us have very much expectation for that team. No. And this just goes to further cement my loving the, the, the under cause I just struggle to see how they're going to win games. Yeah. Um, but one of the I mean- other teams that we talked about last week that mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think I had a lot higher hope for this year and now there's a little bit of concern is the new Orleans saints. And part of the reason for that, Michael Thomas which, you know, he's basically missed almost two years and he was expected to be fully healthy, ready to go coming into this year. Jameis is fully healthy. They added Chris Olave. They get Jarvis Landry. They have a great defense. All the reasons that I talked about, I love their over last week. And now Michael Thomas is dealing with a hamstring injury. He missed the preseason game. He's, he hasn't returned to practice yet. I mean, th- that's a serious question mark. And if you don't have that A1 type receiver, that they were hoping they were going to have, that could be, that could be a serious setback for them.
1: Yeah. You know, if you look at last year, they didn't have Michael Thomas at all. And they were literally like waiting to see what happened in that 49er Rams game. And if the Niners would have lost, then they're in. So, you know, like they did that last year, like without Michael Thomas and James got hurt. So I, you know, like as much as you say, like, um, the injury obviously getting him back on the field and working his way back I mean the preseason should have been and camp should have been a great opportunity for him to kind of get those reps so um I think when he comes back it's going to take some time but I think him just being out there once he gets back I think he needs to be like very cautious and and make sure he's fully ready to go so he doesn't lose another year yeah uh, he rushes back too quick but uh I think the Saints are going to be all right. I mean, like, I think they're going to sling it. Like they might not even have Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara for, I don't know, the first four weeks, at least maybe. So, well, James- no, I mean,
0: Kamara, all the reports are Kamara. There's a very good chance he doesn't get suspended at all this year.
1: When are they going to know? Because fantasy football has like started.
0: Uh, So the next hearing for him, because his lawyer suspended the case to September 29th. So nothing can happen in the courts until September 29th. And even if there was a ruling, which there's not expected to be one on that date, but even if there was, there would then be an appeal. The earliest Kamara could be suspended would be around mid-season. But because of that, and because they're not actually expecting a ruling on September 29th, by the time a ruling does come, and then an appeal is heard, it will be at the earliest, more than likely at the end of the season, which is why most people believe Roger Goodell is probably just going to wait to for, to suspend him at the beginning of next season.
1: So, and so in this process, is he still able to play? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, okay. Yeah. all right. Anyways, I take that back because I, I just got filled in with that news. So, um, but I think uh, Jameis, um, even without Michael Thomas, like, I think they're going to like sling the ball around. I think Alave, hopefully, and Jarvis Landry. I think all those guys are going to get a fair amount of catches. Um, Jameis just kind of has a reputation. I mean, he can put up big-time numbers. Big-time numbers.
0: He can, but he can also put up big-time turnovers, as we've seen. First 30-30 guy ever. All right, so how about we dive into our NFL over-unders? Last week, we tackled uh, both the NFC West and the NFC South, so we delved a lot into some of that stuff that we were just talking about. But now let's go over to the NFC North this week, and we'll lead off with the team that is – you know, the favorites to win the division that seemingly wins it every season that I know you have probably a pretty strong take on. It's the green Bay Packers. They're over under sitting at ten and a half. What do you think coming into this season?
1: Um, I don't like it. I think I'm definitely taking the under. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why, I mean, you start with number one, Devonte Adams.
0: Yeah. That's the, the elephant in the room for sure.
1: Yeah. You know, and, uh, I don't really trust the receiving core they have. I mean, obviously, like they lost Adams and Valdez Scantling, but it's it's them being familiar with with uh, with Aaron Rodgers, with their game plan every single week, and just being super comfortable with each other. And Valdez Scantling Scantling was always a a deep threat, so now you just incorporate. Um, um, help me with their receivers. Um,
0: Alan Lazard.
1: Alan Lazard.
0: And Ro- Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Dobbs and, and Watson are the rookies.
1: And Randall Cobb. And Randall so Cobb.
0: Have, yeah, I forgot about Cobb. I mean, so I'm pretty have, sure everyone's going to forget about Randall Cobb.
1: Right. So so you have two rookies and you have um, um An Lazar. aging
0: veteran. And now Lazard is expected to be their number one. Right. Uh, you know, he, he's shown in the past last year that he's he's capable of at least being a number two i think he is right. realistically probably a number two and they don't have a number one um and it's going to be really interesting you know there's r- reports recently that aaron Rodgers has been having one-on-one lunches with the rookie romeo dobbs recently um to try to build that rapport um you know with christian watson getting hurt early that pretty much took him out of the mix to be able to make uh be able to find that rapport in camp with Aaron Rodgers. Right. And, you know, it was well publicized over the last couple of weeks, the struggles that they were having on offense in practice and all the drops from some of their young receivers, Aaron Rodgers calling them all out. So I agree that there's all the reasons in the world to be skeptic, to be, uh you know, to be concerned about an over 10 and a half. But I don't trust the rest of that division in knowing that, they get to play the NFC East in the AFC East, which in my estimation is the NFC East, I believe is the worst team in the NFC. So they get four games against the worst division in their conference. Mm-hmm. And then the AFC East, which I think is the third worst uh, or the the second worst. I would say the AFC South is probably worse than the AFC East. Um, but I, I mean, I don't believe in the Patriots this year and the jets are a train wreck. Um, so I think that schedule is relatively light for a team that won their division last year. And obviously the Bucs game and the Rams game as their two random NFC games will be difficult, but getting the Titans as their random AFC opponent, I think is helpful because I think the Titans are going to take a step back this year. Um, Whereas the number two team that will get to Minnesota is stuck having, actually having to play the Colts who I think will be better this year. So that's a disadvantage to them. So I'm I'm not going to say that they will go 11 and six, but i do think they win the division again and personally i'm not confident enough to say that they will go 10 and 7 or worse so no. i am really hesitant to go either side on that one
1: so you're not so you're staying away
0: yeah i'm staying away from from the packers
1: i think the packers uh win 10 games
0: okay i mean that that gets them just under
1: yep yeah
0: I do not. Question is, you know, question is, does it lead to a division crown this year? Speaking of the the next team, the Minnesota Vikings, a lot of people like them a lot this year Mm -hmm. and have them potentially supplanting the Packers as the NFC North champions. They're over under sitting at nine and a half. um, And so far there's, there's no money. There's a money on both sides. So nothing is tilted. So there's a lot of people who like it both ways. They obviously play the same divisions, but they get the Saints, the Cardinals, and the Colts as their other three random games, which are no gimmies by any means. Um, I don't know about you, but I think despite a lot of people loving the Vikings this year, I don't think they did enough to address their defense. I don't like their secondary and their linebacking core, and I think it's going to rear its ugly head, and I think they're going to have, once again, another underwhelming season of 8-9, and 9-8 nine, nine and and come under.
1: Mm. Well, I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to win the NFC North.
0: You do. I so think do you think they be win better. 10 or do you think they win 11 and win it outright? I don't know about the over under. Well, it's... if you got the Packers going 10 and I seven, yeah, I... you must like the Vikings over at nine and a half. Then if you got them winning the division, they have to win at least 10.
1: Yes. Yes. I like the Vikings over. I think they win 10 games. And the reason why is because Kirk Cousins, I mean, he's, I mean, he's Kirk Cousins. He's a solid quarterback, but he actually had a really sneaky good year last year. He had 33 he touchdowns, seven interceptions. Yep. And um, I always think about the Minnesota Vikings, I think about their successes way. Dalvin Cook, when he's healthy, he is dynamic. But he's never healthy. And that's the problem. He always gets banged up. But when he's playing, man, he opens up their offense. And you know, Justin Jefferson, I think he's going to be one of the best wide receivers this year. And they still I mean have- I think he
0: might be I, I think he might surpass Cooper Cup this year as the best receiver in football. In in yeah. fantasy drafts, I'm taking Jefferson over Cup, and I know that sounds crazy after That's the crazy. year Cup just had, yeah. but I think there's logical regression with touchdowns for Cup. Cup isn't gonna score 16 touchdowns again this no. year. And Jefferson, he's just gotten better and better. You know, when he came in as a rookie two years ago, he set almost all the rookie marks receiving and then he followed that up with an outstanding sophomore campaign so i i, I agree that their skill position players are, are pretty elite and even uh madison alexander madison as a backup back even mm-hmm. when uh dalvin cook has missed time madison is legit he could start for half the teams in the nfl right. so they have weapons i like kj osborne a lot more than i like adam thielen in the last couple mm-hmm. of years thielen's production has really dropped off his targets have come down his catch rate has come down So I'm not a huge fan in him. Um, But again, I I still have some serious questions about their defense and their ability to limit opponents. And at the end of the day, if there's a pivotal game late in the season and you have to rely on Kirk Cousins to win that really big game, which maybe the NFL flexes it into primetime, we know he's something like 2-14 in primetime in his career. So because of that, I still got to take the under. I don't believe him yet.
1: But I also look at one thing, and like we didn't talk about yet, but their head coach. I mean, Mike Zimmer was there last year, and apparently yeah. I, I heard there was rumors that him and Kirk Cousins did not like each other. And you're bringing in a guy like Kevin O'Connell, who was the offensive coordinator for the Rams last year, yep. and we saw how good the Rams offense was. Now, I know you have all those weapons, but the Vikings have weapons too. And if you can get really creative, I mean, look what Kyle Shanahan did with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he's, he, you yeah. know, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't even throw the ball 20 yards down the field. I mean, he just got creative, obviously like you use your weapons, but I mean, we don't know how good a Kevin O'Connell could be. He could be amazing. Like he could be another Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan type of coach, really uh, offensive, creative minded coach. Yeah. that's so, a fair point. yeah. So I take that in consideration because Mike Zimmer, you know, he's a good coach, but he obviously couldn't. He's a
0: couldn't, defensive first coach. And right. if, if you look across the NFL now, most of the defense-first NFL head coaches are struggling, and mm-hmm. part of that is because the league is changing, mm-hmm. and it's become significantly more of an offensive-oriented league, a passing league to to yep. some regard. And, so and you that's why I look motivated. at
1: Minnes- yeah, like, and that's why I look at Minnesota and I look at their offensive weapons. And you know, like when Kirk Cousins <clears throat> is in a rhythm, he can really get it to his receivers, and he's going to have weapons. And then you have Dalvin Cook back there. Like, I think their offense is going to be better than it was last year. Now again, the defense, but if they can put up, you know, 25, 30 points every game, you know, like your defense might be able to make some plays down the stretch.
0: And some It should games. be interesting. I mean, they're, they're certainly a talented team. Um, all right, how about let's let's move on to the team that, you know, normally this is Chicago's spot because Detroit has been the doormats for so long in the NFC South, but Vegas actually has the Lions as the team to finish third. They're over under sitting at six and a half. And interesting, interestingly, the overjuice is at minus 125. So the betting public really likes the Lions to win seven or more games.
1: I love the Lions to win seven or more games this wow. year.
0: Okay. So you're with the yeah. public.
1: Yeah. You know, like watching hard knocks and, you know, Dan Campbell, like he, you know, like I had my questions at the beginning of last year, but you know what? The Lions played hard last year. They did. And they have some good receivers and like, they just play tough and hard football. And there's going to be some games that they're going to win um in the season that you're just not going to expect them to win but they're they're going to come in ready to play and i know jerry goff like you know he's he's an average quarterback but he can make some bonehead mistakes here and there but uh i think they're going to be good and you know and uh deandre swift in the backfield i mean people are taking him really high in fantasy too so i'm high on the lions you know like not high to make the playoffs but i think i definitely think that they're gonna uh win set. I think they're going to win like seven games. (laughs) You're not going to get crazy and think they're going to win more than that. But I think they will cover that over and hit seven games. You
0: know, I get all the reason for optimism. And I do think they will be a better football team. And like you said, there's no doubt about it that they played hard at all 17 weeks last year. And you saw it and there was a lot of close losses. And sometimes you need to learn how to win. And I do think that they will win more than they won last year but the bar is so low because they win three, four games every year that I still like the under. Give me the plus 105. Um, Obviously, getting to play some of the teams, they get to play the Giants from the NFC East, which is helpful. They get to play the Jets. I think they'll win both of those. They'll probably beat the Seahawks when they play them. Uh, The Jaguars, that's a really interesting game uh, in their random AFC opponent that I could see going either way but I don't think they're good enough yet to beat any of the teams that they're just, you know, going to be legit underdogs, touchdown underdogs against. So for them to hit that seven mark, they pretty much have to beat the Giants, the Jets, the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Jaguars. They have to win like all of those to get to seven more than likely, because I think they'll beat Chicago once or twice as well. And I just don't think they're good enough to win all of those games against other bad teams. So for that reason, and I still have, reservations just like the Vikings about their defense you know that at times they they look decent but other times they're just lost especially in the secondary uh Jeff Okuda has apparently looked really good in camp he might have locked down the starting uh cornerback spot which they drafted him with the third overall pick in 2020 and they're finally starting to see and reap some of the rewards of doing that so I think they'll be better almost across the board in most places but you know between Jared Goff, I think he has limitations. Outside of Amon Ra, I don't see anyone on the outside that can make plays. Hawkinson? Um, at tight end, yeah. No, I, I like TJ. He's a really good player. He somewhat disappointed, I think, a lot of people last year. I think people were expecting a little bit more out of him and, and didn't mm-hmm. quite get it. But but yeah, I mean, again, I think they will be better, and they will win five or six games, which is a step in the right direction. But I, I, I'm i not ready to just say they're going to go from being a perennial two, three win team to suddenly winning seven games. I don't think they got that much better overnight.
1: I think they're just buying into the hard knocks.
0: <laughs> All I right. Well, how about this? Chicago, last team in the NFC North. And obviously, a lot of people are not fans of them. So they're over under sitting at five and a half. And the betting public is hammering the over. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Bet hammering the over. It's at what? minus 145. The under plus 125. So despite the limitations, I think maybe everyone is expecting Justin Fields to just take that next big leap this year. Um, but I, I don't know about you, but I'm not a believer. I, I really like the under here.
1: No, I'm not a believer. I'm hammering the under. Are you kidding me? I mean, just
0: yeah, tell me yeah. where there's six wins on their schedule. I mean, maybe they beat the Giants. Maybe be, they beat the Jets because they get to play those same two divisions. So let's let's. I mean, they could lose to both of those teams. That's how bad Chicago is, especially on offense. And outside of Cole Komet, they don't really have anybody that. I mean, Darnell Mooney, I guess, is a decent receiver, but David Fields, I still think relies so much on his legs. And, and David I, I Montgomery to see him. What's that? I'm sorry.
1: David Montgomery too.
0: Oh yeah, no Montgomery's a good runner. I'm talking about like skill position players on the outside that. Justin Fields could get the ball to I, I just don't see enough and I, I I don't trust especially they lost some key pieces on defense and the defense was already slowly starting to take step backs the last couple of years and yep. now Khalil Mack is gone I forget the name of the the lineman that left as well so they lost some key pieces on defense that was already aging so I think they might be even worse putting that offense in really tough spots and then there are three random games Panthers Niners Texans You know, maybe they beat the Panthers, maybe they beat the Texans, they won't beat the Niners. For them to get to six wins, you look at their schedule, I just don't see six winnable games. So the fact that the betting public, in a way, they're doing me a favor because they're setting that number and I get plus 125 on the umber, under, I'm taking that to the bank all day long.
1: Yep, there's not much to be said from me. I I don't think they're going to be very good. I think Justin Fields, he might not even last because the guy is going to be running for his life and he's going to be getting sacked and hit so many times. And God forbid anything happens to him. Uh, I mean,
0: they're in deep trouble. That wraps up the NFC North. What about uh, the NFC East? We talked about wanting to capture two divisions each week. And now we have, you know, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, which for my entire life, you know, they've been known as America's team, but I, I can't think of, of why that is, I know someone once who's much older than I was said it was because America felt bad that they kept losing to the Steelers in the 70s. Um, I don't know if that's accurate. Obviously, the brand is massive, it's one of the biggest athletic brands, if not the right. biggest athletic brand in the world. So maybe that's why. But I know just as many people that dislike the Cowboys as ones that do like the Cowboys. Um, you know, maybe the star, it's so recognizable, I don't know what it is, but I know this much. They're not going to be as good as they were last year. And and no one has won that division back-to-back years since the Eagles did it in 2003 and 2004. So it's been almost 20 years since we've seen that. And I'm not ready to crown the Cowboys back-to-back champions.
1: Nope. And the uh the over-under is 10.5. And I like the under. I do yeah, not like uh, the Cowboys. Do you win 11 games? Nope.
0: I mean, they're... they're- They're in serious trouble. You got to figure offensively. Zeke Mm -hmm. has looked like a shell of himself, but because of his contract, they're stuck paying him and they're stuck playing him, which Mm -hmm. relegates Tony Pollard, the better tailback at this point, to the bench or to the point where they're like, we have to get him on the field. So now they're lining him up outside as a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And he is a good receiving back, but he's not a wide receiver. Um, And then obviously, Amari Cooper's gone. They, they, uh, Cedric Wilson, the guy who took the top off the defense last year, he's gone. James Washington, they brought in out for the year, got hurt in camp. CeeDee Lamb is dealing with stitches in his foot after cutting himself at home. He hasn't talked about what he did, but they don't, he's expected to be fine for the regular season. But outside of him and Dalton Schultz, I mean, where are they going on this offense?
1: I don't know. You tell me. Like, who else do they have on for wide receivers? I mean, I don't know.
0: Noah I mean, Brown.
1: Uh, yeah. I, You know, I mean, the Cowboys have always been that team where Dak's going to throw the ball like 40, 40 plus times a game. So, yeah, like I don't know who he's going to throw to. It. Like I guess in fantasy, you know, draft Dalton Schultz for sure.
0: Uh, yes, I think Schultz, Schultz quietly is going a tier below where he should. If you look at his production last year mm-hmm. and knowing that especially early in the season, they're going to have to rely on him further. He's going in the tier with Hawkinson and and uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I think you should elevate him a little bit in fantasy just because he's going to be force-fed the ball alongside CeeDee Lamb, who, for the same reason I love this year, he's going early mid-second, mid-second round in most leagues, and I think he's going to put up much better value. I wouldn't be shocked if CeeDee puts up wide receiver two, wide receiver three overall numbers this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I agree with you with Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard should be starting. But, you know, with the whole Zeke situation with his contract, it's not like you're not going to bench Zeke. So, I mean, he's going to play. So, I don't really know how much to expect out of Zeke this year. I mean, he hasn't really, ex- you know, been exciting the last couple of years. So, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, like,
0: and, and he doesn't look like the same explosive player. And yeah. I think part of that is... They ran him into the ground, his usage at tailback. And he's still a good running back. He still had just barely over a thousand yards last year. He scored 10 times, but most of the times Pollard got them to the one and then he finished it off. I had Pollard and I kept getting so annoyed last year in fantasy leagues. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't like, I like the under a lot. I think they go 10 and seven, nine and eight, because they are still a talented football team, but I don't like their coaching. I think coming out of last year when they led the NFL in penalties, And that's normally a reflection of coaching. And then what do they do in their first preseason game? Commit 17 penalties. And then they commit nine more last week and people were glad. And it's like, that's how low your bar is that you only committed nine this Mm. week. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if they struggle early. If McCarthy doesn't make it through the season and Dan Quinn, which the fans are already clamoring for him, takes over as coach. But yeah, I mean, their schedule is, is difficult. They have to play the NFC North, the AFC South. And then they get the Rams, Bucks, and Bengals as their three other random games. They easily could lose all three of those. I think they're going to have a hard time winning eleven games. So yeah, give me that under. Even though the betting public likes the under as well, I'm willing to lay that juice.
1: Yeah, I think that um, Mike McCarthy, um, if Dallas doesn't go to the playoffs and make it to like the NFC Championship game, he's gone. This is it. Like this is his last chance. You know, Jerry Jones has been had Mike McCarthy's back for a long time, and you know. This is their last chance. But one thing Dallas does have going for them is uh, they have a good defense. You know, like their defense is going to be legit. So, And Michael I mean,
0: Parsons is phenomenal. Watching that guy, I mean, I, I'm not a fan by any means of the Cowboys, but you'd have to be blind to not recognize what that guy brings to the table.
1: And Trayvon Diggs too.
0: Yeah, I'm not as high on Diggs. He, he reminds me of Antonio Cromartie. Mm -hmm. He will intercept a lot of passes and make a lot of big plays. He's very instinctual and very aggressive, but because of that, he also gives up a lot of chunk plays. Yeah. And we saw that a lot last year and in camp, he's been getting burned by no name guys. Yeah. Um, There's videos that have surfaced. So, so I'm not as high on him, but overall as a defense, I do think they will be better, but not good enough for them to win 11 games. Um, All right. Well, how about the team that a lot of people think might supplant them to win the division? That's the Philadelphia Eagles. They're over-under sitting a game back at nine and a half. Again, the uh, betting public is hammering the under. The juice is at minus 130 that they don't get to 10 wins. You can get plus 110 if you go with the over. I like the over. I think they're the team that wins the division this year.
1: Agreed. 100% agreed. I think that they're going to win at least 10 games this year. I think Jalen Hurts, is. Um, there's a lot of hype coming um, for him coming into this year. They added... Um, uh, AJ Brown. A.J. Brown. That's such a
0: big addition because Devonta Smith is a good receiver, but he has a limited skill set, and you bring in a specimen like A.J. Brown to be your 1A receiver, and now everyone else falls in line in that passing game, and we already know the Eagles can run the football. Even when Miles Sanders was hurt last year, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, these guys... Looked good and Miles Sanders is banged up again right now, but I'm not concerned because we've seen with that offensive line and that running game, anyone can perform well, and now it's only better now that you have that threat in AJ Brown. So I'm bullish on the Eagles. I'm with you. I think they win 10, maybe even 11 games this year yep. and take over that division.
1: Yep, and they also have Dallas Goddard too. Um, and yeah, he's a nice. Nice connection with Jalen Hurts. And then, um, you know, like their defense is going to be good. Like they still have a, a pretty solid defensive line. Fletcher Cox is getting older, but how about the behemoth they drafted out of Georgia? I mean, there's been talks about this guy just mauling people. Uh, Jordan Willis. It, oh, I'm sorry. Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Yes.
0: Yeah, Jordan Davis. I'll be honest. Out of all of the first round picks, that might have been my favorite. Like I watched him play a lot at Georgia. This guy is something else. He is Ted Washington. He is going to command double teams almost every play that he's on the field, which then tilts the play toward the defense when you have to do that. Um so yeah, I, I agree. I think their defense there's still some questions in the secondary for sure and they've struggled in camp, so that's something that they're going to have to watch out for. But thankfully for them, Dallas doesn't have the weapons outside of CD Lamb to expose that when they play them this year. Um so I think for a, a number of reasons I'm bullish on the Eagles. Um, Next in the division is the Washington Commanders, which we talked about them a few weeks ago. And at the time- That's
1: your team. This is your team. Outside of the Patriots, you- It
0: was my team. And then in the last couple of weeks, more and more information has come out. And it's really concerning to me. So I like the fact that Carson Wentz was was there and it was the best quarterback that McLaurin has had since he entered the, the league. And I thought the defense was underrated they were a little banged up last year, but we've seen the last couple of years, what they could do, especially with that front four. But now between Chase Young's injury and Carson Wentz struggling in camp, like with, with consistently just being accurate with the football and short to intermediate passes, it's really concerning. And in particular, I think the Chase Young injury, which I believe they Put them on the PUP list, I think. They did. Yep. They did. And so he can't
1: come back until week five. He's until the first week five.
0: And that's a big blow for a defense that's so reliant on their ability to get to the quarterback. Yep. And knowing that there are limitations offensively, they need to be able to play from ahead. And that might be hard to do. So initially I was bullish on on their over and thought they had the outside chance to win that division. But now I'm I'm really hesitant with the latest developments. And the man. The betting public loves the under of any teams. It has hammered the under more so with Washington than any team. You have to lay minus 170 to get Hmm. the under for the commanders right now. You can get plus 145 if you think they're going to win nine plus. That's great juice to get going for you. But I, I just, I can't do it with all those question marks.
1: So it's eight and a half. That's the over/under, and this is a team that I don't know. So I, I, I'm just staying away. I obviously kind of think, like, based on what you've said and how I've not been high on them from the beginning, I, I would, uh, I would lean towards the under. But um, yeah. because, I mean, who is their second wide receiver outside of uh, Terry McLaurin?
0: I think the rookie, Jahan. Can't recall his last name. Okay. He's a rookie. They used their first round pick on him. He's pretty solid, but he's okay. still a rookie with Carson Wentz at quarterback. So
1: and then they have um the stud running back, and you have a little nugget on him um coming out of camp as well. Didn't well, you say yeah. that? Yeah.
0: Were- so uh, you know, Antonio Gibson had been their bell cow back, and then they had used uh uh J, uh McKissick, JD McKissick. Yeah on third downs last year or two, but Brian Robinson Jr. has exploded during camp and looked really, really good. And Ron Rivera really likes his ability to play three downs potentially. Um, and knowing the Antonio Gibson struggles for one, and he struggles with health, he fumbled early mm-hmm. on in camp this year, was having issues with that again. And to the point where they relegated him to play on the special teams. So, they took their starting running back of the last couple of years and were running him on special teams, and then he ran with the second team offense in preseason. So, even though publicly Ron Rivera has stated Gibson is likely to start the season as the starter, all the tea leaves suggest otherwise. So, they're muddled in the backfield, a mess with the injuries, and who knows what we're really going to get with Carson Wentz. So, unfortunately, I I, I have to swallow my words from a few weeks ago where I I thought I was really going to like them and and like the over at the time, but knowing all the developments since then and knowing I've never been that high on Ron Rivera as a head coach, uh, I I think that uh, if I had to go, I'd go with the betting public and take the under like you.
1: Go back to to Heineke, man. Give me more Heineke. (laughs) I was a Heineke fan. I liked Heineke.
0: Hey, man. He outplayed Tom Brady in that playoff game that they lost. Yeah like yeah. Now Greg, that, so. that's that's catching lightning in a bottle, but all right. Well, well, well wrap on. it up. New York Giants. I feel like this has got to be one of the easiest bets on the board. Um it's astounding to me that Vegas still hasn't moved this line. Giants mm. over under sitting at seven and a half. The Hots No.
1: No. No. I'm taking the under. Seven <laughs> and a half eight <laughs> seven and a half wins for the for the for the New York football giants who've literally stunk for how many years you know like and they're relying on saquon barkley and daniel jones and i don't even know the receive like i don't even know the receivers
0: kenny galladay is still there Kadarius tony is still there um kenny
1: galloway is never healthy yes. when he's healthy he's great but he's never healthy
0: well and guess what that's the same problem with the young talented Kadarius tony he was in and out of yeah. the lineup last year and guess what he hurt his hamstring this week and he's hurt again So they have no healthy running backs. Yes, they drafted Evan Neal to be their offensive anchor, offensive left tackle, and he is a beast for sure. Anytime you were a starter for three, four years at Alabama, like I believe in you and I think that will be a big upgrade. But as a whole, the line still isn't very good. So as great as Saquon is, there's only so much he can do when he's running behind a poor offensive line. Uh, I mean, I expect him to get plenty more dump offs, but in a weird way, I kind of think, even though the Giants would never say this publicly, they're almost punting on the season in in this regard. They chose not to give Daniel Jones or chose not to extend him on his fifth year option. So the writing was on the wall that he's probably not going to come back. But as he enters the final year of his deal, it makes the appearance of like, hey, you know, we're giving him that last chance to prove it, but they're not giving him the, the weapons and what he needs to be successful. I mean, I don't know how they don't go out and, and try to improve the skill positions on the outside at all. And they didn't add any depth at running back. In fact, they lost depth at running back and Saquon, even though he looks great in camp, he's still injury prone. We still haven't seen, you know, Saquon play a full season practically since his rookie year. Yep. And and the defense, Kayvon Thibodeau, who should be a beast when he's healthy, got hurt in preseason. Um, You know, the MRI, I believe came back clean but their defense as a whole is not going to be very good either. I just, a seven and a half, where are eight wins coming from? I don't understand. How is this number not sitting at five and a half? Um, So anyone who has an eye, I mean, you have to lay 145 to, to make the bet, but it's money in the bank. Lay that 150 bucks to get 100 bucks all day.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I love the under on this. I mean, yeah. I mean, just like you said, it's easy. And, um, I think they, you know, maybe Vegas is looking at like somebody like Brian Dable who came, he was the offensive coordinator in Buffalo and he'll be able to get creative, um, with their offense. But, you know, I mean, even with their tight end situation, Evan Ingram is good, but he's never healthy. Um, so I don't know. This is kind of a no brainer for me. I, I'm not too high on the giants, I just don't think they're going to be very good. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be very good. I, I think, I mean, Saquon is going to have to have the most unbelievable year ever to have them achieve eight wins. So yeah. it's just it's not astounding
0: under- to me. Like, I feel like the Giants.
1: Like, what's the angle? Like, what do the they? Giants, seeing?
0: the Falcons, the Seahawks,
1: the Bears,
0: the Texans, the Bears. Maybe I think the Bears might be a little bit better. Um, the Texans those four teams will battle it out for the worst in football. Like there's, there's almost no way the giants go eight and nine. I will, eat my words <laughs> from January. Yeah. I will, I, I don't know what I'll do, but I will do something embarrassing if the giants win eight games this year.
1: Yeah. Don't worry. It's not going to happen. So, <laughs> you're in the but uh, all right, well, we covered uh, the NFC and we covered uh the over-unders for all those teams next week we're going to jump into the afc and the first division that i want to talk about is going to be the best the best division in football i think you know what that is the afc west absolutely and uh i'm really curious to see um who you really like um in that division and uh, i think i'm gonna surprise you okay all right well everyone have a great week um Get ready for football. It'll be here before you know it. And uh, that uh, for Jordan, that's Kendall, and we'll see you next week.